Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from rock shows to independent shows to punk rock shows. And there's also a Friday night request show that you can join the chat and make a request. Oh yeah, don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello, friends. How you doing? I'm doing all right myself. Uh, here in Wyoming, I'm getting a little tired of winter. I wanted to wrap up already, but it's like this every year. I should know better. Now, I know it's been a long time since the last episode, but I do have five interviews and maybe a few more lined up for the upcoming weeks. Be prepared to be entertained. So, something that's been on my mind for years and years and years is how people drive their cars. I'm sure some of you are in the same boat as me and you're like, go on, go on, Justin, go on, Rude, tell me more. These are my two big issues with drivers. First one. Drivers that don't give you three-second bumper between you and them when they're driving behind you, no matter the speed limit. If you don't know how to determine three seconds, you measure three seconds by picking a stationary object on the side of the road, and when the car in front of you passes it, count to three using one one thousand, two one thousand. If you get to two one thousand before you pass that stationary marker, you're too damn close. You're too damn close. Get to 3,000, perfect timing. And sometimes you may need to be further behind them because of road conditions and speeds. Tailgating someone will not speed them up. If you do it to me, I may slow down, then speed back up again, then slow down again. If you're late, it's not my job to speed up so you can be on time. Here's my other issue. People turning red right on red. Not everyone knows you can't enter the bike lane shoulder until you're less than 200 feet before the red light or stop sign to make a right turn, even if there's a turning lane. If you think I'm wrong, go look it up yourself. Do your research. Because y'all seem to be some good internet researchers out there, you know, doing your own science and stuff. <laughs> or you listen to QAnon too much. But that's a different story. I'm not sure if my guest today feels the same way about bad drivers as I do. So please stay tuned and listen to the interview. Lots of good stuff coming up. Today's guest is Tanya Thompson. And well, we went to school in Laramie together back in the day. She's a year younger than me and we have so many friends in common and run into each other in Laramie back then, nowadays and such. So I had to get her on the show. Tanya is also an esthetician and has her spa here in Laramie, Tonic Salon. And well, Going into the interview, I had a few questions about the biz, about the salon, and what gets done and everything, and well, she answers them. And so hopefully they're the same questions you might have. Let's get to that interview. 
I was actually born and raised here in Laramie. So you're an Ivanson baby? I am. Yep. Yep. Wow. So uh, we'll have to ask, do, are your parents native Laramieites? I think I'm not really sure. About uh, my mom actually, my parents live across the street from the house that my mom grew up in. So she oh, moved wow. real far away. Yeah. And my dad grew up in a small town in South Dakota and um, they had to board out for high school. So he graduated from Shadron High. So he's a Nebraskan South Dakotian. I gotcha. Um, how'd they meet? At the university um, they were both working at the newspaper so okay. my mom was in the front and my dad was a pressman in the okay. back and this year they'll be married 50 years so apparently oh, yeah. working together at the boomerang was a love connection <laughs> congratulations to your parents yep. 50 yep. years that's yep. amazing yeah yep. uh and working at the boomerang folks uh historic newspaper <laughs> that I've always got here in Laramie. Um, are they, wait, when, did they retire from there? Are they still working there? Um, my dad started his own business okay. so, and worked both places for a while. And then my uh, mom retired, um, shoot, in 12 or 13. I can't remember. Gotcha. Hated retirement. And now she's a para at the middle school or junior high, as we know it. So, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And they, are they, they're still in Laramie? Yep. Wow, they didn't break out like a no, lot. No, they did not. My parents retired, my mom and stepdad in 2010, and now they live in Las Vegas, which is pretty cool for me. Um, it's only uncomfortable three months a year, but they like, yeah, but I don't miss those snow days and the cold weather at all. And I was like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I like to visit them <laughs> when I can. Uh, yep. Are you uh, an only child or do you have siblings? Nope. I have an older brother uh -huh. and he actually lives here in town too. He's uh -huh. one of the owners of TNT Motorsports. So uh -huh. yeah. Yep. He got the no fear gene that I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the age difference between you guys? Uh, we're 13 years apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So you are yeah. like an only child. Like, uh, yeah, he was graduating <laughs> from high school and I was finishing yeah. kindergarten. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, my, I have a younger sister that's 11 years younger than me and my older sister, six years. So it's like, and I'm the only boy, I have a stepsister too, that's four years older than me, but I, I'm the only boy. So yeah, I kind of had my own childhood and all that. Um, there are lots of times where, yeah, my older sister was leaving and my little sister was a baby. So she wasn't really like hanging out with until i was like in high school and stuff and then i wasn't really feeling that one um right. <laughs> yeah. she's cool i love her death and uh she definitely paid attention more to me in high school than i probably realized uh that i was making a an influence on her life and such uh at a young age but uh yeah uh so yeah three sisters i was the only boy which is crazy um but it also comes out in like my mu music taste, my movie taste, uh, and such like that. So did, did your brother influence any of that stuff growing up or was it just 13 years is tough? To uh, no, he likes to say that the last time he ever gave me music was the last time I listened to good music, but I, uh -huh. have to, but I mean, it does, I'm not, his favorite is ACDC. So I'm oh, not yeah. going to lie. That does make me drive faster when I listen to uh, it. So yeah. I guess there's an influence there for sure. 
And yeah. um, as a kid growing up, what, what were you into? Were you big into academic sports? Were you a singer? Um, uh, no, I only, oh, okay. the only concerts I are like on road trips and that's alone. I gotcha. so, yeah, no one wants to hear me sing, but um, I really did more like junior high, I guess I did. I ran track and cheered and um, then in high school, I feel like I got more into clubs and that sort of thing. So I know you were also like DECA. So I did that yeah, yeah. and um, art club and I was in um, student council. And so, yeah, that's not, so sports kind of ended in junior high. Happens. Yeah. Uh, Dachau was the only, yep, only student government or whatever office I held. I ran for them all the time. Never got elected till I was the president of DECA in my senior year, which that's where I learned like Robert rules of order and all that stuff, how to successfully run a meeting. And it was interesting. Uh, I wasn't very I good. I never held an office. I was yeah. homecoming queen candidate. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I guess that's not an office, but yeah, yeah, that's the only, the only thing I did for DECA, I guess. Yeah. That I was, uh, when they had, uh, was it Morp? Probably oh, yeah. Backwards. And so I was up for like Mr. Plainsman. And my year was the first year they banned like cross-dressing, which had been like a thing. Oh, yeah. Previous years, I think they went back to it after us, but I was like, oh, I was Homie the Clown. Um, <laughs> very, it was, a, it was a good sketch at the time. Very happy I did not do blackface. Very oh. happy with that <laughs> choice to not do yeah, that. I, yeah. I probably knew at the time that was not a good idea. Yeah, because um, if you ever run for president, that would oh, come all right. Yeah, anything. Some time. <laughs> well, somebody would have a picture of that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm pr I'm pretty sure I was like, if even at the time, because I really loved in Living Color, the mm -hmm. show, someone was said you should put shoe polish on. I'd be like, no, no, way. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, no. I'm not doing that. Um, no. uh, so, were you also were you academically inclined? You know, are you in all these? Um, I feel like honor roll, not like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that was. But I, I mean, I really did like high school. I think there's a lot yeah. of people that would say I wouldn't go back. Like if I had to go back now. With, oh, no. But, but I mean, I would go back to when I went, you know, when we were yeah. in high school, like that would be fun. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like on a roll, that was pretty much, you know, I don't know that it was my main goal all the time. But um, yeah, so. Were your, were your parents like pushed you in education, like on a roll? That got you uh, some money, got you some rewards or. No, but we just like, yeah, I just wanted to be in clubs. Cause if you were in a club, you didn't have to have a job. So at that time ah. I was like, that's what I would like to do. So um, the more clubs I did, the less I had to do for um, work-wise, I guess, which not to sound lazy, but it was kind of nice to be able to enjoy high school and not have to worry about having a job too. Yeah, my parents were like, yeah, you're not, you're doing too many sports. You can't work too. Um, but I worked during the summer times. So I would do jobs and stuff. My first job was a, uh, an assistant to a landscaper. And mm -hmm. uh, while everybody else was doing the cool landscaping stuff, I was doing the hard work. Like <laughs> removing uh, like railroad ties and digging holes. Yeah, it was terrible. And, but it was a good way to like work go home, shower, eat, sleep, repeat. And I just right. like, spend the money 
because I was working all the time and sleeping. And then, uh, so when school came around, I had some money, you know, to go out and lunch and stuff. But yeah, I didn't work during the school year. Besides, I, well, my senior year, I worked for my stepdad and I was a, I carried camera equipment on the field for Wyoming football games. And then during um, coaches shows, I would roll in the highlight tapes, which at the time never thought was going to lead into like what I eventually like got a broadcasting degree, like not in my mind. I was doing marketing and tech. I thought that was where I was going, but uh, God did that. It was pretty fun because um, we play Friday nights. And then the next day I go to the college stadium, uh, War Memorial, and all the press would be there and the press from Laramie and the other team would generally talk to me about the game and stuff. So Lyman never got any press right after the game, <laughs> but I got some for us like the next day and everything. And, and we were a good team. So it was fun to easy to talk about and such. Um, but yeah, I understand the, you know, the more clubs you were. So you were, what clubs were you in? You say I did art club, art club. Deca, okay. student council and like pep club when it was still kind of a oh, yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Did you ever coordinate any dances in your life? Junior high student council. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I did yearbook. That was about the closest thing I got to. I, did I, I guess I did, I did was on newspaper in high okay. school. Too. I don't know if that really because that since you signed up for that as a class. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that I I remember writing the stuff for newspaper. Yeah, maybe I was in that class. I mean, in that class as well at some point. Because well, I remember writing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you remember? I can't remember because I think it was my senior year that we had a different teacher because it was like the same one for yeah. years and years and years. And then we had a younger fella like my senior year we went to long beach for a newspaper yeah that was actually kind of fun too but um yeah uh your senior year you guys went to like what three classes a day or four it was um no they did so you had something called seb which was like glorified study hall i guess so then you did like uh one three five and seven one day and two four six eight the other the next day yeah i'm glad it got out before that happened <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right it took to getting to college where you had like hour and a half long classes sometimes i had three hour classes but they were all in one day instead of spreading out three two or three times during the week uh and it was more specialized into your major so it wasn't like brutal uh you know i liked history but math class i couldn't handle for an hour and a half straight oh i can't even uh-uh, yeah. no <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not fun. Uh, and so when, uh, you know, you're going to through uh, high school, you graduate yep. from, oh, were you okay? Were you a good kid? Did you go out and have wild times in high school or? Uh, I uh, was the one that when the parents, when I, when we pulled up and I was the one driving, the parents were like, okay, Tanya's, because I, I did not drink in, I still really don't, but I didn't drink yeah. in high school. So I feel like I've been the designated driver since the time I got my license, probably uh, up to the, to this day still. Like uh, there's a lot of times during Jubilee days that I will get phone calls and I will go pick people up in my pajamas and make sure they get home safely. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't, I mean, I, I, I mean, we went out and did stuff, yeah. you know, like obviously driving up and down Grand till you found out yes. where everything was going on and whatnot. But 
yeah, I really, um, I don't, not a lot of shenanigans, but um, I guess there are a few that will be taken to the grave as well. So yeah. (laughs) I hear you. Oh, I, I definitely, people are worried that I bring them on the podcast and I'm going to like tell all the dirty secrets. I'm like, no way that incriminates me. And uh, I'm a very employable person right now. So I'm not going to talk about what I did in my past, especially (laughs) on a go to the grave story. I was like, maybe if I got paid money for a movie and uh, I could pay my friends off, then I'd let the stories fly. But otherwise, never going to happen. Never going to come out. And we're lucky enough that we didn't grow up on Facebook or social media to the point where um, we were lucky someone had a, well, at least with guys, that somebody even had a camera around. It's mostly you girls that had the cameras and be like, all right, let's document this moment in time. And looking back, I wish we would have done that more, but I probably fought every picture taking session, you know, at the time. Between you and the, people that developed it at Walmart and they know uh, what yeah. was going on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like oh, my yeah. friends like they they hate my memory but they also love it at the same oh, yeah. time because I can I'm like no that's not exact or remember that time and there are things that they probably wish I would forget as well <laughs> but they're stuck in here for good. Yeah. For I mean, as well as I I have been or am or whatever. Uh I have a pretty good memory and Ray always says he's like Dude, I ha- I can give you like three key moments of a night in 1987, 97, and you can tell the whole night story. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird sometimes, but yet I still can walk into the next room and not remember what I was going there for. And so I was like, my long term is pretty good, but the short term is definitely full of holes. But once it gets long term, I'm there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that wish I would not. So So I hear you. I feel you. But yet you stayed sober. And thank you for being a uh, sober driver for so many people. Yeah. Um, And for you listeners out there, uh, us and Laramie, uh, we we cruised up and down grand, maybe a little bit of third just to turn it around. And um, we'd either sometimes it's Baskin Robin parking lot, sometimes McDonald's parking lot. Um, depending on who was there and uh yeah if you didn't grow up in a small town that's what we did and uh <laughs> every once in a while there'd be like a, a keg at vitavu which is a mountain range near us and then or like the quarry or yeah i didn't drink in high school either i mean i didn't i was uh all about sports and i was like it's why we take it out of here i'm not the best athlete so i'm not going to put myself in that position or i didn't think i was and then so I was like, I'm not going to drink. And then spring break of my senior year, sports were done. I got drunk like on uh, eight Miller MGDs on spring break. Yeah. And there's stories to be told from that night because um, sure? I don't remember a lot of it, like a lot yeah. of it. And I think it taught me a lesson of like, I never want to be blackout drunk. I know people that have that do it all the time and it's crazy but it just really scares me and i think that was a good time to have my first time getting drunk blacked out and that made me realize that i shouldn't do that again because people just tell me <laughs> things over and over what i did and i was just like oh that's not me like that's so yeah. weird and so uh yeah and then i went to australia like right right after graduation and we played football 
and it's 18 to drink there. So it was a wild time and got fake IDs in Hawaii. And so my college career was set going forward with drinking and such. Um, so you, you're going to high school. Let me remind you back. Uh, what was the plan after high school? Um, I did go to UW and I started out undeclared because I really didn't know. I was kind of leading towards elementary art education. Um, So, yeah, and I didn't mind staying home. A lot of my friends left. So um, just because I have a tendency to be more on the shy side, I did um, join a sorority because I I mean, I felt like it was a really good way to meet people. And like I said, a lot of my really good friends left town. So it was kind of a an easy way to and a lot of the girls that were in the sorority were from Laramie too so I guess you know I knew some of them but yeah what sorority uh Kappa Kappa Gamma Kappa Kappa Gamma I was a pike for a year and a half that's Uh, the pike house is why my GPA my freshman year wasn't great (laughs) understandable yeah Uh, yeah. I didn't join until I was like 20 and uh because I was like I, I wanted I wanted the test files. Uh, everything else I had done. I knew I, yeah. I drank. I knew how to meet girls. I there's lots of things that I was not not appealing in the whole cell to me, except for those test files. And I was like, yeah. And I actually yeah. got my better grade, best some of my best grades while in the Pike House because you had to study to party. And I was right. like, why can't somebody do this for me all the time? <laughs> and uh, then I turned 21. And I started becoming a DJ at the parlor and it was kind of like, oh, bye Pike House. Like I have a new toy in my life. I enjoy it. I had fun. Um, there's good moments, some weird moments. Um, but I, it's so interesting because so many other people, you know, our friends went off to college and their Greek systems were huge. And right. ours was like just tiny mm-hmm. and uh, probably it gets smaller by the day. I feel like it now. And uh, cause I walked past, uh, all the sororities and 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 fraternities on my way to the itc building because i work in ross hall but i have to go over there every once in a while and i'm like what happened and uh it's just that i also think in wyoming there are already kind of built in like sororities and fraternities because people come from such small communities across the state and so when they come here they're like well i know 12, 15 people from Big Piney that are all mm-hmm. here at the University of Wyoming and we're all going to hang out. And that's kind of how it goes down. And I see it when us kids from Laramie, we're like, man, we just need to meet some people. They're not Laramie people. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and nothing against Laramie people. Some of my best friends, but I was like, that was, that's also a big thing. Why I liked the Greek system at the time and such. And so, so you joined up, did it, did it work out for a while? Yeah, I really did like it. I feel like growing up here, I think there was a little bit of a stigma about the Greek life, but I feel like, um, you know, you go to the house that you feel the most comfortable in. And I just really liked all of the girls that I met and the girls that were in my pledge class. There's a lot of them I'm still really good friends with now. One of the girls, I actually lived with her um, while I was going to esthetician school. And I mean, just a lot of them, I've just friendships that I feel like I will have forever. So I, I mean, I, I did get a lot of really great things out of it for sure. So I mean, I went, I started off undeclared as well, but then by my second semester, I was broadcasting major. Did, did you, did you find a major? 
no. And so I went undeclared for a really long time. I just couldn't really, you know, and there, and there were some uh, art teachers at the university that wanted you to declare art as your major to be in their classes. And I totally understand that, but um, so that was, I just kind of had a kind of hard way gravitating, you know, like, I don't know what exactly what I wanted to do. I kind of wish I would have taken one year off, but that didn't seem like an option uh, at the time. But um, yeah, so then um, after UW, and then I decided that I didn't want to do anything with that. And so that's why I decided to go to a trade school (laughs) instead of, yeah. So yeah. And what was your trade school then? So I went to school in Fresno, California, and I went and did their esthetician program. Yeah. And so that's what I do now. And for the people at home, what is an esthetician? I have a hard time saying that word. So I do um, skincare. And so I do a lot of facials are probably the main thing. And there's wax. So you can do a lot with the license. You can um, go into makeup artistry. Um, there's a lot of options you can, I mean, this is not something like one of the things you can do, like work at mortuaries and do, Oh yeah. But I mean, there's all this sort of thing, but, um, I was more interested in the skincare aspect of it. And so, um, yeah, the school that I went to, it was kind of cool because they keep the classes really small. So it was me and five other California natives that were, um, Oh, sorry. No, there was, um, one, mail order Russian bride the first one I ever met in Thailand and then the rest of them were from California oh, wow. so um yeah that was really cool they just tried to keep everything really small and um it's I went from January to May so I missed the really cold weather here and the super hot weather there so I kind of timed it perfectly weather-wise and and so like does that going through that school does I mean a lot of trade schools have a, like a you know, jobs waiting for you on the other end. Was that the case? Um, well, no, because I wasn't going to take California state boards. I was going to come okay. back and take um, Wyoming. And um, so I was fortunate enough when I, before I was able to take the test, there was a, um, a place that I worked that she let me apprentice under her until I got my license. Uh, so that was really cool. Cause of course, small town, we don't have a ton of options for that either, but I just, I was really, really lucky that she took a chance on me and let me come and apprentice underneath her license. So California didn't take a hold on you after you finished in Fresno? Um, I never wanted to take their state board because I never wanted to live in California. Like the things, it made me a more aggressive driver. I needed that in my life. And I still crack up because I would tell the girls in my class that you could leave your car running and go into the grocery (laughs) store and I would still be there. And I swear to you that they to this day, probably do not believe that that is an accurate or a truthful statement. And they would, of course, talk about how windy it is and how cold it was. And I was just like, you have, you have no idea, but I I loved getting out of town. And it was kind of cool because um, I went to school um, Tuesday through Friday, half day, Saturday. And then so half day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I had off. And so my friend that I lived with, we would take road trips up and down the coast. And I had never been to Disneyland. Like we did, I did a fun, lot of really fun trips and stuff while I was there. So I got to see a lot of California, but I always knew I wanted to come back here. Yeah. I, I, I left, I went to, I lived in New York for a little bit and it's funny that people there too, they're like, well, first of all, they were like, you talk funny. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> you talk funny. And when they said that to me, I was like, you should go watch the nightly news. Cause at the time it was like Brokaw Jennings. Um, uh, but they're all from like Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota. And so I was like, go watch the nightly news and tell me what, how they talk. And they would come back and they go, they talk just like you. And I go, yeah, <laughs> clear and concise. Everybody understands us from coast to coast. Right. And it's not like, um, you know, they, they would put R's on A's. And so there was one time my boss was like, we're doing this downlink from California. And I'm like, I raised my hand and he's like, what? And I was like, where's California? And he's like, you don't know where California is. I was like, is that California? And he was like, shut up. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it was interesting. And then uh, living there, cause like, yeah, Wyoming, they would be like, oh, where is that near? Is that like Canada? And I'm like, oh, come on. Right. And, uh, but people in New York, everything uh, east of Jersey is the wild west. Like they were just, they, I, I worked at summer camps there prior to that. And they'd always ask Ray and I, if we had like running water and stuff like that and electricity. And so finally I was like, all right, you guys know where Denver is? And they're like, yeah, I know where Denver is at. And I was like, flying to Denver, drive our cars up to the Wyoming border, park them. They have huge garages there then, uh, and stables. Cause I take my horse and I ride it into Laramie. Right. It's like a day or two <laughs> right in. And they're like, really? And I'm like, no. And I was like, I, I'd be like, I think I used to have pictures too. Like I had with me and I was like this, that's like a street and stuff. It's like where I go. Although okay. Anytime anyone yeah. asks me if people ride horses to work and I'm like, no. And then I live in West Laramie and I will oh. see people riding there and I'm like, well, maybe that's not always accurate. Clearly not a, you know, a yeah. very common thing, but there are certainly people that do it. But I feel like that's the most common. Oh, do you guys ride horses everywhere? No. <laughs> no. I can't remember the last time I rode a horse. I was so no. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh not like I'm against it. It's just not something I do all the time. Uh, yeah. and everything. But yeah, it was interesting. And that, but I never thought I'd come back to Wyoming. You know, I was like, oh, but a job opened up, opportunities opened up, things go on in your life. And I was hating New York. I worked at TV news and it just, like you said, uh, California made me an aggressive driver. New York mm -hmm. made me a hard person. Like I had a oh, scowl on my face. I was not, a, I was, it was just all the stuff I was exposed to. Uh, it's a nice enough place, but I worked in TV news, which is just not a nice place. And uh, the stories we covered, good people to work with. And uh, went through a divorce and was like, or about to go through a divorce. And there's a job opening up at UW and, I moved back and I'm like five years. I'm moving back to Oregon because that's where I'm originally from. And uh, it's been 19 years and I have a left <laughs> Laramie. And so it appealed to me. And uh, I mean, it was good coming back because my support system is here, friends here, family here. And so it was crazy because I came back, I was working full time, but then I became like a bar DJ again. And I was like another college kid. And so a lot of and I had a full-time job. It was crazy. In my 30s, I don't remember. I mean, they're, they're very hazy. And <laughs> where, where everybody's kind of working on their careers, you know, getting married and all that stuff and having kids. I'm like going through it all again. It was a fun, fun time. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and then, you know, slowly became like responsible and stopped DJing and not going crazy all the time like that. And uh, Laramie, as you know, 
summertime is the best because all the kids roll out yeah. and, and we can hang out again in bars and restaurants without waiting or without, you know, I, I have a hard time like drinking around my, some of my student employees. I'm like, God, just don't get wasted around them. That's all I think. <laughs> and uh, I definitely don't drink with them. That's kind of a line. Cause they're crazy. I'll let them get crazy. They don't drink their boss. They'll, they'll try to get me drunk and I'm not going to have that, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, it's, it's fun to be back in Miami. So you worked as a, under, I'm going back to where you left off. You worked sure, as sure. a, a uh, apprentice. So how long does mm-hmm. an apprenticeship last? Um, typically you don't really even have to, to do them, but oh. I was just kind of cool that I got the opportunity to do that. Cause I came back the end of May and then um, the test wasn't offered until November. So I had to wait before I, and those are always done in Casper. So I had to wait until November before I could go um, take the test to get my license. And then, um, so yeah, I had those few months of just working under her license, which was, like I said, really a cool opportunity because I, we don't really have <laughs> that many options. And so the fact that she was, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always so thankful that she gave me that opportunity because like, you don't really get that, that much around here. So, yeah. And when it, when did you decide to uh, break out on your own? Um, So I worked for her for a couple of years and I feel like I've always had more than one job. And so I was working for her and then still at the other store, if you remember that where the curl bar is now. Um, And so I was working both places And then um, I had the opportunity, I had a little shop myself downtown for a while and then didn't do aesthetics for about a year and then went back and then I've been doing it ever since. Right on. And, uh, and tell us about your shop. It's, uh, it's promoted. So I work at Tonic and it's actually, interestingly enough, um, the girl that owns the building is married to Damon O'Flanagan. So a high school classmate of mine, his wife, his wife is from Jackson, but she owns it. And on one side there's hair um, stylists. And then on the other side, there's mine. And I do facials and spray tans, not the kind that Ross got on friends. (laughs) It's a different situation Uh and um, waxing and that sort of stuff. And it's just one of those things like it's a really fun job to go to because every day you hopefully make people feel better when they leave your room than when they showed up, you know, when I have people, you kind of get treated like a bartender. Like I, I, I treat my room like fight club. Like we don't talk about things <laughs> afterwards. So the things that people tell uh-huh. me are like, you know, it's, it, I feel very humbled that people want to share this kind of information with me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes kind of surprised of the things that I hear. And of course the small town, It's kind of weird when, you know, some of your former teachers come to see you and stuff like that. But um, I just really, I mean, I really, really enjoy it. And I feel like it's kind of what I was meant to do. So that's why, you know, you, I don't have mornings where I wake up and think, oh, I don't want to go to work today. I I really do enjoy doing that. So, yeah. I I won't ask you the hot gossip of Laramie. (laughs) What is what is the like most unique thing you've done in that field? It doesn't have to be in Laramie. It's just a, it's a sure. story. You don't have to give any names. Just the most unique scenario that you've had to perform, I guess. Um, well, I, I have had people, this is interesting. Last year I had this girl that I, I never had met her before. And 
um, she was flying in from New York City to get married out at Brush Creek in Saratoga. And I usually, you know, I, I mean, I don't treat one person differently than another, but she kind of gave me a little bit of anxiety because like this was, you know, she was flying everybody in, you know, and obviously Brush Creek is quite a fancy. So, but she was like super down to earth. And I guess the, one of the funnier things is she wanted to know if there was a car service in Laramie that could take them around places. And I'm like, clearly you've never been here before um, that sort of, so I guess like some people from, you know, other places that choose Wyoming as a destination to get married. And I, it's kind of, you know, somehow I got my name on a referral list that people Uh will say, Oh, this is where you need to go. But I guess the one thing that I, there because of spray tans and whatnot, I don't feel like I'm divulging. There are a lot of bucking horse tattoos in the town of Wyoming. I will tell you right now, because I see a lot of them during spray tans and I realize that there's like somebody does a special during Jubilee days, but a lot of people are tattooed with the bucking horse. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I plan on one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I have a design. I have a, a specific design that it's not, uh, not just okay. the straight up buck bronco like that I have picked out. But yeah, I, I was interested. I was listening to... And always, always sunny in Philadelphia, they have a podcast and they were talking to a guy on the phone from Texas and they were like, if you're going to have, there's tons of people in Texas that have like some sort of Texas tattoo on them, the flag, the state, whatever. And I was like, that pretty much flies in Wyoming too. I right, bet right. there's a lot of buck and Broncos, probably the flag. And I was like, it's a very proud state that gets the, that gets the stuff tattooed on them. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get it. I'm going to probably, yeah, I get a Wyoming one and a uh, Oregon one eventually. Like, because yeah. I've got tattoos when I was 19 and 20 and I haven't gotten any since because I'm like, oh, I'll spend that money somewhere else. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and I know they're probably a whole lot cheaper than they were when I got them then. And it was crazy because I was like one of the first of my friends that was really had two tattoos and they were like, oh my God. And I, I, the summer camp I worked at, I was like a display for kids. Like they would introduce their parents. They weren't even in my division or my group. And they would introduce their parents to me at like visiting day and be like, this is rude. And he has tattoos. And they just like <laughs> showing my tattoos. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And it was right. primarily a Jewish camp. And they, the kids would always be like, you know, you can't get buried in Jewish cemetery. And I was like, <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and probably because I'm not Jewish. So yeah. right. <laughs> and they're like, what? You're not. And I'm like, yeah, that's not that popular. Where I, I mean, you know, there's not, I don't live with that many Jewish people in Wyoming or in Laramie right. and such. I know a ton now because living in New York and we're summer camp. Love them. I went to a ton of holidays with them and stuff, but it was funny to get that kind of response that I was, yeah, Kim Goodberry in Jewish Cemetery. And I was like, yeah, I'm very well wired. Right. <laughs> everything and so when i have any of my jewish friends ever got tattoos i would be like you know what you're gonna have to rip that thing off when you get when you die before you die because i heard you can't you can't get buried and they're like wow i'm surprised you know that i'm like yeah i figured it out um got well one last question for you okay ask us of everyone on the show uh since show's called all my friends with justin foscred how'd we meet um, I was thinking, I feel like it had to either be 
at a party at Tyler Mitchell's house is what, or it was through Ray and Lisa Laws, as I want to say, it was, I can't remember which particular incident, but one of the two, I guess, has to be, um, but yeah, that would be my best recollection. Yeah. You have a good memory. I mean, I don't, I don't recall you there. And I was like, Lisa, I took Lisa to prom my junior year and uh, Ray, Ray and I didn't become friends till like we were friends, but we didn't become good friends till college and same with Ty, but it was interesting how, and wheat, like, Oh yeah. We all four became really good friends right out of college and people used to give Ray a hard time because wheat, uh, Ty and I all moved to Laramie in eighth grade. And so oh, they're okay. like, what'd you, what'd you get a new friend starter pack when those guys moved to town? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he's like, yeah, we didn't really quite hang out then. At different times, I played like intramurals with Ray and, and we would play basketball. And uh, Ty played football for a couple of years with me. So, but yet I swear it was a um, Baskin and Robbins meetup right after high school. And the you know after cruising that we were like hey we should all hang out and well, then I do I, have to tell yeah. you that I got a very it was a a chivalrous Justin Flaskerud story told to okay. me from Kelly Kramer okay apparently in biology yes. she did not want to dissect the frog and you stood up <laughs> and you did it for like I think you were uh teamed up as a pair yep. and she said she has been forever thankful for the fact that you were the one that took over because she couldn't do it and I just heard the story like a couple of weeks ago so uh, I just thought you should know that after all those years yeah. somebody is still so thankful that you took the frog <laughs> I I don't remember it going down that way, but <laughs> I probably had no issue of dissecting the frog at all. Um, grew up in a forest area in New York. I mean, New York, in Oregon. And we had like an acre of uh, like woods and a creek behind us and such. And so, yeah, I played with frogs and all that. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> and I, I'm sure my my ego was like, yeah, you better do this. Like, you can't be <laughs> by a frog and everything uh because they uh mr whitney that was a science teacher he had a bull snake in the class and that is like uh freaks me out i'm not a good big snake guy uh, and uh they brought i remember he took it out of the cage well or the class or the aquarium whatever it was terrarium and i got up and i slowly walked to the back of the room, to the side <laughs> of the room not freaking out not screaming and and i and um People are like what? And I'm like, I'm just not into snakes. That's just not my thing. I don't want to hold it. I know they're not slimy. I get it all. I've held a snake before. It's just they're not my cup of tea. Too many snakes in Oregon that were non-venomous startled the hell out of me. And it just spiraled from there. Right. And so yeah, I'd probably say to Kelly, if you keep the snake away, I'll dissect <laughs> that frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, I said that. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully she can make it to it's our 30th reunion this summer and hopefully she can make it. So I can, we can talk about that. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, being on the show and everything. Well, thank you. I want to thank Tanya for being on the show. You may have heard jingling 
during the show. It was her dog that was in the room. Uh, I didn't notice the dog till later when it got on the bed. And, and I guess she had another dog that recently passed. So the current dog now is, is very clean and normally doesn't hang out with her all the time, but was during the interview. I learned a lot about Tanya and estheticians. See, I have such a hard time saying that word. I might have to call her for her services before my high school reunion this summer. All right, folks, on to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.